grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. If you could decide what piece of good news would you like to hear now? Given that it's a week until Christmas, and if you haven't finished your shopping quite yet, you would love to hear that all your presents have been bought, wrapped, and delivered. Or maybe your good news would be of a loved one making it home who you haven't seen in too long of a time. Perhaps your good news would be something much simpler, like a sprinkling of white snow across all the desert landscape here in Tucson so you can have that wonderful picture-perfect white Christmas even in the desert. If I were to ask you this question a month from now, you probably would give me a different answer. One, because, well, Christmas is over. But also, two, what we consider to be good news often changes depending on what is going on or what has come up. But there is one piece of good news that never changes. One piece that is the best news of all because it has us rejoice in the Lord. We hear what this unchanging best news of all is with our verses this morning from Isaiah chapter 61, where he tells us to rejoice in the Lord for his good news that Christ's righteousness is ours through faith. And we also rejoice in the Lord, for he will certainly clothe us with this righteousness and so bring forth our praise before all people. Now, when Isaiah first wrote these verses, they were intended to comfort the Israelites as they were to leave exile in Babylon and go back to their home in Jerusalem. But as the case with some Old Testament prophecies, there's a second greater fulfillment. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus quotes these opening verses in the synagogue in Nazareth and says how they are fulfilled in him. As such we can read these verses and get the same comfort from them as the Israelites did so long ago because Jesus, he is the one who is the Lord's servant to preach good news to to those who are afflicted. And we know how we are afflicted by this thing called sin in many different ways. Isaiah uses a number of images and illustrations in our verses this morning to bring his point of cross. And he describes how it is that we can often feel this affliction across us as something like a broken heart when you're hurt down to your very core because your hopes and your dreams are just crushed like that. Affliction in the sense of being bound and captive to our sinful desires and to Satan's schemes, when we much rather prefer to live for the Lord as his child. Wearing such afflictions, we then see Isaiah show us how we would look as if we were to mourn according to the customs of his day, with ashes on our head not trying to cover up our red eyes and puffy face and to have a faint spirit that's just ready to be snuffed out with a single piece of smallest bad news. For we who bear sin's affliction in these very true ways, we listen to the good news that changes this all around, that fills us with joy. The good news that Isaiah shares with us this morning 
that Christ's righteousness is ours through faith in him. To be righteous means to be right with God. And with that status, we then receive the full measure of every blessing that the Lord wants to give to us. And when we realize what it means to be righteous of all that is ours because we are righteous, well, then we rejoice with gladsome hearts. The hearts that once were broken are now bound up. The chains that held us captive are broken so that we have freedom and release. There's joy permeating among all the people as in the Old Testament in the year of the Lord's favor that is the year of Jubilee when every 50 years they were supposed to reset society to what it had been originally set up as. With joy waiting for the coming vindication of the Lord's righteous on the day of God's vengeance. And instead of mourning with ashes on our head, we're now rejoicing with an ornamental wreath placed on our head, with oil applied to our skin to soothe, smooth, and brighten our appearance, and wearing a cloak of praise, a bright festive garment that is fit for the joyous occasion. That's how Isaiah describes our joy that comes from hearing this good news of Christ's righteousness becoming ours. But as you consider yourself, who has received this righteousness through faith, Do you find yourself joyful like Isaiah says? Or if you were to show such displays of joy, would you need a different kind of good news to make it happen? Say you're suffering from affliction of a broken heart. What would your good news be? Probably just to forget and to move on. If you're the affliction of being bound and captive to sin and to Satan, what would your good news be? Just a moment of relief where you could be yourself and to do what you want, at least for a little bit. In your mourning and irreversible loss, what would your good news be? Either to bring that person back or to get to that fifth stage of acceptance as soon as possible. Sure, we love hearing what Isaiah says of how Christ's righteousness, it is ours through faith, how we are right with God, but what does that have to do with this? What does that righteousness have to do with what is currently afflicting me? Why, if we could tell Isaiah what this good news was going to be, be something like this. When this happens, here's God's solution. And when this happens, here's God's solution with a laundry list because there are a lot of times when we need God's help. But what would that give us? Good news that is helpful, that is temporary relief, but just reactionary at best. Such reactionary good news is not the best news of all. What would be the best of all is what gets to the lasting comfort, that gets to the root cause of our afflictions, which is the very nature of sin itself. And that's what Isaiah's good news is all about. See, this message of righteousness, it is the complete opposite of sin. Righteous is that uh, being in complete accord with God's will and, and God's will and law. And sin is any imperfection of that. 
And we know that Jesus was perfectly righteous. With every thought, word, and action from birth to death, even to the point of death on the cross, he was right in line with everything the Lord had asked, demanded, and wanted of him. Jesus, he earned his righteousness. And we sinners, well, through faith, we receive Christ's righteousness. Even though there are many ways that we are out of line with God and what he wants of us in his sight, what does he see? Not what we have done, but what he has done for us. And that's how we solve that root problem of sin. Yes, sin plagues us, but it does not define us, for we are defined as children of God, holy and precious in his sight, righteous because of Christ and what he has done and what he has given to us. And with that problem of sin fixed, we know that our eternal problem of where we'll go after this life is done is also fixed, for we'll be in heaven. But this good news of righteousness is not just for the eternal problems, but even comforts us in our current afflictions. When suffering from a broken heart, we have the comfort of Christ's righteousness. Know that the day will come when our hearts will never be broken again because every hope and dream will be realized because we will be in heaven where nothing bad will ever happen. When we feel bound to sin and Satan, that righteousness comforts us that says, yes, we will struggle against our sinful nature, but no child of God can be a child of the devil. Neither can be a slave to him, for Christ is our brother. The Lord is our Lord, and heaven is our home. When we are uh, afflicted by mourning and irreversible loss, we have the joy of the righteous, the joyful reunion in heaven above. And until that reunion happens, we have the Lord's promise that he will be with us and he will not leave us alone or abandon us like we had to suffer sadly. Because when we look at this good news of righteousness, this is indeed the best news of all. For not only does it get to the core issue of where all our afflictions come from, that is to very much of sin itself. It helps us in all those other afflictions as well to give us the comfort that we need so much. That's why we rejoice in the Lord, for his good news of Christ's righteousness becoming ours and what all that means. And we also we rejoice in the Lord because he will certainly clothe us with this righteousness each and every day. Again, the prophet Isaiah, he uses his striking imagery to prove his point, and he pictures us wearing a garment of salvation or a robe of righteousness from the Lord himself. This garment refers to something that anybody would wear, whether they were a poor leper or a rich noble. And being of salvation, it is of immeasurable worth, for it means that our sins are forgiven and heaven is our home. This robe of righteousness is what you would wear on top of everything else you have on like a winter jacket, or if you're a pastor presiding at worship, an actual robe like this, with it being of righteousness. There we get a wonderful picture of who we are in our status as forgiven children of, of the Lord. 
though we do and will continue to sin, Christ's righteousness completely covers over us so that not single dirty part of us sticks out, but all that is seen by the Lord is what the Lord is what Christ has done. Wearing this robe of righteousness and this garment of salvation, we then look as joyful and radiant as a bride and green bride and groom would on their special day. Again, we look to Isaiah and how he describes this. And back in his day, grooms would get dressed up a little bit different than we do in our day. In his day, they would wear a headdress, that is a fine white turban like a priest would wear. Nowadays, grooms get dressed up in tuxes or suits and probably get a nice haircut for the event so they can take the pictures that will last for all time. What hasn't changed too much, though, is how brides will dress for this special day with wonderful jewelry to adorn themselves. With a bride and groom dressed for the special day, they look radiant, they look joyful for this wonderful day that they are about to enjoy. In the same way, we who wear the robe of righteousness and garment of salvation look just as radiant in joy as a newly wed couple. But we don't just look this way once or twice in a lifetime but each and every day. For the Lord will certainly clothe us so because of how true he is to his own word. And if you have any doubts about that everyday clothing aspect, look to what Isaiah says about the illustration of a fertile ground and abundant plants. When God created this world, He had it brimming with vegetation of all different types across many ecosystems. And to this day, if you don't hold nature back, it will take over whatever you have out there. In a well-tilled, well-cared-for garden, you expect that what is sown in it will sprout up and to flourish and blossom to do whatever that plant is supposed to do. Just as certainly as fertile ground will bring forth abundant plants, so the Lord will clothe us with this righteousness and bring forth praise from our lips. Again, it's through that faith that we receive this righteousness in full each and every time. And when we realize just how great it is, how joyful it is for ourselves to be considered children of God, how can we not say thank you, Lord? with our hearts, with our hands, our voices, with our time, our offerings and abilities. And even though we don't try to publicize it or showboat it, people will notice when someone lives as a child of God in a sinful world that is not God-centered. That's the joy we get to share because the Lord will certainly clothe us. But again, look to yourself. Are there any questions within your mind about this? Are you certain that the Lord's garment of salvation, robe of righteousness, will cover over your every sin? Do you wonder if you look as radiant and joyful as a bride and groom because you know how unworthy you are in the first place to even be close to that wedding party? you probably have in mind a couple dry spots out in the ground where nothing will grow or a garden where you try and you try and nothing comes up. It's God's track record like that. For the most part, he gives righteousness, but not always necessarily. Or what about your praise? 
when your heart is not on fire for the gospel, does that mean there's something wrong with you and your righteousness? We go back to God and his word for the good news he tells us. And what does he say? I have clothed you with righteousness and certainly have done so. That garment of salvation, that robe of righteousness, it completely covers our many and horrendous and horrible sins, leaving nothing uncovered so that all that is seen is Christ and what he has done. And that is a wonderful thing. This idea of a bride and groom looking radiant and joyful. Yes, we may not consider ourselves worthy to be dressed so every day, but the Lord does. He says, you are my child, and this is how you'll be dressed by me. And that's a wonderful thing. Our Lord's track record of giving righteousness is not dependent on how hot it is outside, when's the last time it rained, how good the soil is, or even how good somebody's green thumb is. It depends on him. And he will give this righteousness and cause it to sprout far better than any gardener out there or any patch of ground. And your feelings of being on fire for the gospel... Well, first of all, let's not confuse our feelings with God's promise of righteousness. He doesn't depend on how we feel. It depends on him and what he does for us. But also, too, there's nothing wrong if you are simply a quiet, shy person who doesn't get all excited about things in general, or maybe whose faith has matured a little bit from the, the flashy fire that it once was to a still yet strong and healthy glowing bed of coals of that fire. Because we know what it is, though, in the end. We're so clothed in Christ's righteousness, just as he certainly says. And for that, we can rejoice each and every day. And that's what Isaiah shares with us this morning. Jesus, he is the second and greater fulfillment of these words in Isaiah chapter 61. The one to whom John the Baptist pointed and said, not me, but Jesus. He's the one that was to come. He is the one to listen to. He's the one who preaches good news to us afflicted by sin. Indeed, this good news of righteousness is the best news of all, for it never changes, and it gets to the root cause of our affliction, that is to the very nature of sin itself. But also along the way, it comforts us in our day-to-day afflictions and fills us with joy even amidst of hardship because we know what is ours because of him. We rejoice in the Lord, for he has certainly clothed us with this righteousness, with a garment of salvation, with a robe of righteousness. He completely covers over our sins, that we are as bright and radiant and joyful as a bride and groom on their wedding day. And we know that this will be the case each and every day. For as fertile ground gives birth to abundant plants, so the Lord will cause righteousness and praise to ring out. That righteousness is ours. And that praise is what we thankfully give to the Lord that others cannot help but notice. In light of all this, let us listen to Isaiah's good news and to rejoice in the Lord as we do so with expectant hearts waiting for the one to come, our King and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is coming to bring perfect joy for you and for me. Amen.